Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. Like, uh, this is a book that has been cooking in me for many years that I feel like the Lord has been showing me things and preparing my heart so that when I do teach it, we cover things that, um, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I, I think we've been covering things that a lot of people tend to skip over. And that's why we're going deep. We're going slow. Because there are things in here that people either minimize or skip over or, or let's just cover the whole chapter 11 in one sitting and guess what? We're going to cover chapter 11 verses 1 through 3 maybe today, okay? Because I just think God's word is so packed, so full of, of good information, goodness and grace when we need it. And so today as we introduce ourselves to what's usually called the hall of faith because if you're familiar with Hebrews 11, it's a chapter highlighting some, not all, but many of the great men and women of faith through the Old Testament and, and what made them special. And it was always their faith in God. Every single one of them, in one way or another, they were sinners or they had flaws and faults. But every single one of them, they had one thing in common. They had faith in God. And the encouragement to us is as different as we are and as as shallow as sometimes we could be or, or flawed we can be. We've all got different weaknesses, different sins, different things you could look at and go, I failed at that. But if we have in common faith in God, faith in God's word, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, then not only are we one in, in him, but we are one with him. And so hopefully today the Lord will speak to you. And the topic is, what is biblical faith? Why do I call it like that? Because, uh, you know, faith is misused. The, the word faith in the world today, uh, they use faith in many ways. They can say, have faith in yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. Now, my wife and I love to watch American Ninja Warrior and all those athletic things. We love that stuff. And they always act like the, the biggest key is you just got to believe you can. Well, I'll tell you something. There's times you believe you can, but the fact is you can't. Okay? Don't, don't, I believe I could fly. You're going to fall. There's, you got to make sure, you got to believe in the right things, okay? You know, believe in yourself or, or I believe in me. I, I, I can do this. There's times you believe something that you're wrong. Yeah, I believe in myself. Well, you're, you know, you shouldn't think so highly of yourself, okay? So, I want to start right out with a fill-in. We normally do fill-ins, for those of you who are visiting, we normally do fill-ins for our small groups and they take these inserts uh, home, fill them out, and then in the small groups they discuss them in depth. The first fill-in is this. Biblical, biblical faith is God-focused. Hello? God-focused. Biblical faith is confidence in God 
and his word. That's biblical faith. Anything else is just faith in faith or faith, faith, whatever you could call what it is. But Hebrews 11 gives us um, a description of what real biblical faith looks like and even a little description of faith in such a way in the first couple verses instead of giving a complete definition like a, a dictionary definition it gives us lots of examples I, I like that there's times I want to know what what a word means and use it in a sentence show me what it looks like I don't want to just sometimes a clinical definition isn't enough and Hebrews 11 does a wonderful job now it starts out now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. But you got to always understand the context. How many times have I told you that? Never read a Bible verse. Never just read a Bible verse. Got to read the context. So let me back up a few verses to get the flow of this. I know we covered chapter 10 already. But let's start maybe with verse uh, 35 of chapter 10. And let's get the flow. Therefore do not cast away your confidence which is great reward. For you have need of endurance, that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, and if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we're not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now remember, there are no chapter breaks in the original text. So the original text didn't say chapter 11, verse 1. It continues to flow from, we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I think it's fair that before we get into uh, too much definition or too much explanation of what faith is, um, I think it's important that we understand what faith is not, okay? Faith is not a feeling. You know, I feel in my heart. It's going to be all right. It has nothing to do with feelings because there's times my feelings say one thing, but I know the truth, the fact is different than what my feelings say, okay? So it's not a feeling. It's not positive thinking. It's not intentional optimism. It's not an affirmation of a belief. Yes, I believe that might be true. It's not believing despite the evidence. You know, I think I heard one pastor say that a little girl was asked, uh, what is faith, Sally? And she says, well, faith is believing something even though you know it ain't so. That's not what faith is. Matter of fact, I've heard some cult members who, uh, you know, when you debate with them, there's times you could actually prove to them that they're, Faith is in the wrong thing that the wrong, and there are cult members who will say, well, even if such and such, whatever their religion is, is proven wrong, I still will believe because I know in my heart and I believe it and I feel it in my bones. That's not biblical faith. Biblical faith, as you're going to see in this chapter, actually has substance to it. It actually has an evidence to it. In verse 1, it actually says that. So, Father, we pray that you'd show us that we would... Have real faith. Teach us from your word that we'd have faith in you, that our faith would be God-focused, not success-focused, not winning-focused, all the different wrong focuses of faith. Lord, help us to have a God-focused biblical faith as we study your word together. Where we're wrong, correct us. Where we're a little, where we're a little bit off, adjust us. Lord, draw us to your truth. Your word is truth. We pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. All right, verse 1. Again, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want to define a few key terms. Now you see, I'm only covering the first three verses. You'll see why in a moment. Because just verse 1, there are some key terms we need to define. And I've included them in your, uh, your fill-in. The first one is the word faith itself, okay? This word is in the Greek. The original writing of this letter was, was uh, pistis. It's, it's, it's a word that, that means to trust in, to rely upon, to cling to. And this word, peace, this, is found 244 times in your authorized version, New Testament. And it means confidence in the credibility of, or it, it could be uh, reliance upon the truthfulness of God's word and Christ for salvation. Related words could be assurance, belief, uh, believe, or fidelity. So in the New Testament, faith is actually a conviction and belief in God, but not just there, coupled with the idea of trust and holy devotion. You got to catch this. Biblical faith isn't just believing in God, because the devil believes in God. Biblical faith is not just, oh yeah, I know the Bible is true, and I know Jesus is real. It's it, concerning Jesus and God. It's not just merely believing it all to be true, because the demons believe it's all true but they don't submit to him. So true Bible faith is belief coupled with a reliance upon and a trusting in, a clinging to. As a matter of fact, the three words that come to me often whenever I've looked at and studied the definition of faith is to trust in, to rely upon, and to cling to. Remember those three words, trust in, rely upon, and cling to. Because that's what Bible faith is. It's not just, oh yeah, it's probably true. I believe it, okay? So faith is trust, assurance, confidence, of course, in God. But living faith, real Bible faith, is shown by service and obedience to God. Okay, now, something else that I'm thinking about, what are some, I've picked up little terms along the way as I listen to how different people describe faith. Faith is a substance that produces an action. Faith is a noun that produces a verb. I like that. Faith is evidenced through actions. I like that. You know, think back to the Garden of Eden. I kind of, this is one of my crazy theories, and so if you don't believe it, that's okay. I still love you. I hope you hopefully you could still love me. But um, I believe, maybe you never loved me in the first place. But in, back in the Garden of Eden, what caused Adam and Eve to fall? It was unbelief. God says, don't eat of this fruit. You can eat of any tree in the garden, but don't eat of this fruit of this tree because if you do, the day you do, you'll die. And another voice came along and says, you shall not surely die. Did God really say, if you eat of that fruit, you die? God's holding out on you, paraphrased. God doesn't want the best for you. He knows if you eat of that, it's going to make you better. It's going to open your eyes. You're going to know things that you didn't know before. It's going to make you stronger. It's good for you, not bad for you. Go eat it. And Eve, she had to decide who she was going to believe. huh? And depending on who she believed, determined what her actions would be to follow up. So I, my theory, I really believe that as it was unbelief or faith in the wrong person, faith in a lie that caused Adam and Eve to fall in the garden. God says, all right, the way back to me is to believe me, to believe the right person, to put faith in me. As a matter of fact, it's interesting, there's another allegory here, that back in the garden, Eve and Adam, they partook 
of the wrong tree because they believed a lie. Now for us today, because we believe the gospel, we partake of the right tree, the tree of Calvary, as Jesus hung on that cross for us and all who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So kind of interesting, a lot of allegories here because what you believe has everything to do with how you're going to live and how you live reveals what you really believe. I like what Oswald Sanders, uh, the founder of China Inland Mission said. He said, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Isn't that good? Listen, let me read that again. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. It's like God said it, I believe it. By the way, that doesn't settle it. It's already settled. God said it, I believe it. Okay? Now, by the way, we'll get to it maybe next week, but faith is indispensable for spiritual life. Look ahead at verse 6. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please him, please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We're going to take some time when we get to that and look at that. There's a couple stipulations in there of what faith is that we'll look at even further. So the first word, faith. I want you to understand. Hopefully you got some notes to fill in on your fill-in. The next word we're going to look at in verse 1 is substance. It's the substance of, of things hoped for. Substance, actually the, the Greek word here is hypostasis, and it actually is used as an, an undergirding support, a, a concrete essence, a foundation that, that gives you assurance. Uh, it's a confident foundation. As a matter of fact, in ancient times, this word hypostasis was used in place of title deed. Faith is your title deed. Huh? Isn't that good? As a matter of fact, A.T. Robinson's the... the uh, the, the Robertson, who was a, uh, a Greek scholar, he translates this Greek word, title deed. And what is our title deed, really, but the Word of God? It's faith in your title deed. How do you know I got the property and it's mine? How do I know heaven is mine? How do I know salvation is mine? I, yeah, I got the title deed, and I've got confidence and faith in the Word of God. If your faith doesn't rest in the Word of God... It's not biblical at all. It's something else. It's manufactured. Some people just have faith in faith. If you believe you could do anything, that's faith in faith. I have faith in the Word of God. Your faith has to rest on what God says. Real biblical faith means to believe God. Okay? So be careful because, you know, I know even there's a lot of what we call word faith preachers out there who will teach you that if you believe and you just have faith, you could be rich, you could never get sick, you could live forever, or to a certain amount of the years, they'll guarantee you. And they've got all these things that the Bible never promised. I believe God and God's word, and that's what real faith is, okay? So real biblical faith means to believe God. Okay, so we look at the word faith, look at the word substance. There's another word in verse 1, and it's the substance of things hoped for. Now, this word hope is elpizo, which it actually isn't like our English word today. We go, oh, I hope, I hope I make it. Oh, I, I, I hope I win the lottery. <laughs> I, I hope the Rams win the Super Bowl. You know, you can hope whatever you want. It's not that kind of wishful thinking. This word for hope is a, to expect with confidence. This word for hope is, this is our hope, because I believe it. I think it's going to happen. It's, it's not, I hope I pass my test. It's, it's to expect with confidence. 
It's a confident hope. It's a joyful expectation. El Piso is what, by the way, is what gave the martyrs the strength to sing on their way to execution. Because they weren't just hoping to go to heaven. Their hope was heaven. You've heard the stories of some of the martyrs. Read the Fox's Book of Martyrs. They're marching to death, whether it's in the, the arena where they're going to be fed to the lions or the, the torture stake, or even some of them actually were burned at the stake and would sing songs of praise unto God to the end because their hope is not in this earth. And their hope wasn't, I hope the fire doesn't burn me, though sometimes there were miracles. I hope the lion doesn't eat me, though sometimes there were miracles. But my hope is in heaven, and that is a sure, confident foundation. And when, if these lions eat me, when these lions eat me, if the fire burns me, when the fire burns me, heaven is mine. See, that's what hope is. It's not just a, a wishful thinking or a guess. El piso, the Greek word. Now, there's another word and that you've got your, in your fill-in, and it's in verse 1 as well. It's the evidence of things not seen. Evidence. Now, it's funny. Evidence is proof. Evidence is, is also conviction, but uh, it, uh, it, it's, what's, it's what's brought into the courtroom. If you're going to build a case, a lawyer will bring evidence into the courtroom to win his case. Biblical faith is not just a minimal belief or mere intellectual knowledge. It's a willingness to, I've got the evidence here. I believe the evidence. It, and it's a willingness to trust in, to rely upon, and to cling to the evidence. You know, the Christian faith isn't just, oh, so many people right now, I've, I've known people who are what's called deconstructing, walking away from the faith, tearing apart once, what they once held dear. And, and you know what? We've got evidence. I'm not going to throw away the evidence. One of the things we've been doing on Wednesday nights is we've been going through a series. Of course, right now we're in an inspirational series where I'm having different brothers from the church teach. But we just finished going through a whole video series of scientific documentation of evidence of a creator, evidence of intelligent design. And, the, you know, we could go on and on and on of evidence. Now, yet I think God somehow leaves some questions left unanswered because he wants us to trust him without being forced to trust him. So, <laughs> that'd be fun. Um, so listen, come sometime on Wednesday night. Right now we're, we're finishing up a series we're going to be looking at uh, being a, a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, pleasing unto God this Wednesday. No, series talking to me. Uh, but we, we will continue to find ways to increase and strengthen your faith on, on midweek service. Now, uh, by the way, this word evidence, I look up in, in the Greek, uh, elektros, it's, it is, and I'm thinking, I heard some pastors say that um, uh, elektros, evidence, it's actually why they accept your credit card, because this means something. It means you're good for it, or we have ways to take it out of you, <laughs> you know? So, uh, evidence, it's important. Now, what I want to do before we get off of verse 1 I want to give you the privilege of looking at how various translations word verse 1. Once more in the New King James. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The New American Standard puts it like this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The New Living says uh, faith shows the reality of what we hope for and is the evidence of things not seen. 
the uh, Lexingham English Bible says, now faith is the realization of what is hoped for. Proof of things not seen. You see, it's something more than just guesswork. Okay? A couple more. Uh, the Good News Bible says, to have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for and to be certain of the things we cannot see. I like that one. One more, I always every now and then love to look at the Amplified Bible uh, because it really expands the definitions. The Amplified Bible, Hebrews 11.1 1, says this, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation of the title deed, huh? they've worked it in there, the things we hope for, of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Get yourself an Amplified Bible if you don't have one. It's kind of interesting. So why is faith so important though? Why is it so important to God? Well, one of my theories that I already said is it's what caused Adam and Eve to fall away from God in the first place. Unbelief or faith in the lie and God's way back to him now is faith in the truth, faith in Jesus Christ, the gospel. But your next couple fill-ins is going to answer the question why faith is so important. The two ways people approach God, okay? or attempt to approach God. One is by their own works of righteousness. You probably guessed what that was going to say, right? Their own works of righteousness. And what that means is your own efforts, your own personal worthiness, your own self-deserving. Well, of course God wants to listen to me. I'm important. Or why shouldn't God listen to me? I'm special. Or whatever you think why God should listen to you. But that's all off. It's all wrong because God's word tells us that nobody could approach God on their own merits, on their own deservingness or worthiness. The Bible makes clear, like Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that, that the wages of sin is death. That, that is trouble, okay? Uh, Isaiah 59 tells us that God's ear isn't dull, that he can't hear, his hand isn't short, that he can't save. But your sins have made a separation between you and your God that he will not hear you. We got a major problem. Sin separates. And now people today don't, that's not politically correct to talk about. People don't want to talk about sin. Oh, you're judging me. Well, God will judge you someday. And what he calls sin is sin. And we better take it serious. And he has the only he has, the solution for sin. And matter of fact, some people like to just go through all the law and all of the, even the laws of the Old Testament. In Galatians uh, 2.1 says, or 2.16 says, that by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, but we're saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've gone over that and over it. And so I'll, I'll remind you as much as I can because we tend to fall into that, don't we? We're prone to go into trying to deserve God's goodness or, or to earn something. Or to, we've got to deserve it. We've got to have the right to it. We don't have rights. We don't deserve it. It's just that we're saved by amazing grace of God. That's it. And unless you get that, you're in trouble. Okay, now, the two ways people tend to or attempt to approach God, first on their own righteousness, their own human effort, self-deserving, personal worthiness, it doesn't work. Okay? But the second way, which is the right way, is by faith in God. Faith in His mercy 
in his grace, in his ability to save, not my ability to save myself, not my deserving God to save me, nothing to do with me. I approach God based upon his righteousness, his goodness, his grace towards me. And, and my faith is in the work that he did for me on the cross through Jesus Christ. Not my work, okay? Get it right. That's the, that's the alternate way and the only way that works to come to God, okay? I like the way Galatians, oh, I, I started to quote this earlier. Galatians 2.16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. Leave that up for a second. Justified by faith that we might be justified by faith. Why am I spending all this time? Because Hebrews 11, that's the topic, faith. And you got to get this. You got to get, this is how we get in. This is how we get into the kingdom, is trusting him, not trusting ourselves, not believing in ourselves. Okay, matter of fact, the way God designed you and I to be saved was clearly laid out for us in Romans chapter 10. Let me read a couple verses. Romans chapter 10, starting with verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Listen to this. That is the word of faith which we preach. And here it is. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That sounds too simple. Thank you, Lord. You made it accessible to me. It goes on to say, for with the heart, one believes under righteousness. Faith makes you righteous, makes you right before God. I love it. For with the heart one believes under righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. It means don't just keep it secret. Come out, admit it. Confess him. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Why does the scripture keep saying this over again? whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and whoever believes in him will not be ashamed and have faith in God and saved by grace through faith because we will miss it unless he says it a hundred thousand times it's repeated over and over again in scripture and you know what I never get tired of hearing it I hope you don't I hope you go well I came here to learn some deeper things well I'll throw in a few Greek words for you but I'll tell you what there's nothing deeper than Jesus loves me this I know so the Bible tells me so. Jesus, he's the resurrection, the we hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday Morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.